0: Good morning, squad. Oh my goodness, we have woken up. It is Friday. I've been away for a week. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. So, woke up, Taylor Swift the album came out, Evermore, back from LA. I have so many thoughts, so many ideas. One thing is for certain, I am redoing the intro to the podcast. There is nothing that screams growth than when you look at a version of yourself and you cringe. That's when you know you've come a long way. And what I mean by that is a lot of times we're afraid to put out some version of ourselves. And we talk about this a lot on the pod. But if the first version that you put out of any product, sale, thing, picture, whatever is perfect, then you waited too long to start. So... In hindsight, amazing. The intro has served up until this point, up until episode 50 and 51, we will start season two. We'll make it like a thing. Season two of Mads Tad's Be On The Bike. New intro, all the good stuff. I'm really excited about it. I can't personally listen to that intro one more time without like wanting to vomit. And that's how you know that some growth has happened a year in the life. I mean, started the podcast a year ago just by buying a mic on Amazon and putting it together and figuring out GarageBand and doing a lot of Googling and figuring it all out one step at a time. So here we are. I just got back from LA. Well, I didn't just get back. I got back Monday and I had a lot of feelings, a lot of thoughts going back to a place where I lived for such a long time and in such a a period of exponential growth was super interesting and definitely left me with a lot of feels and thoughts. So I think that if I were to talk about any subject, I think it's just going to be probably growth this week. And what that growth looks like looking back. You know, one of my favorite quotes, and I say this all the time when I'm coaching or talking or like literally anything is Steve Jobs. You can only connect the dots looking back. You can't connect them looking forward, which is kind of like, it's kind of like this sick joke from God or the universe or whatever you believe in. It's like, oh, you're going to understand everything just in hindsight. So you'll understand why you had that horrible boss. You'll understand why that horrible thing happened to you you'll understand why you had to learn your lesson the hard way because I was trying to teach you something to make you a better version of you even though it absolutely sucked at the time right and like we don't get it when we're in it we're like the victim we're like oh my god this is the worst thing ever I can't believe I did there's there's so much shame there's so much guilt and then looking back you're like oh like That was so necessary to get me to where I am now, and if that hadn't happened, I could be on a totally different path, trajectory, journey, whatever. So as I was leaving, you know, when I was in LA, it's funny how your memory plays this game on you where you really romanticize everything that you remember, and you tend to think of everything as this, like, the glossy. Remember when you used to, I mean, this is going to go beyond some listeners, but when you would go to CBS and you would get your pictures printed like on photo paper and you could do like a glossy finish or a matte finish, I feel like memories are always glossed over because we tend to only remember the really, really good stuff and we forget a lot about the adversity and and the bad stuff that happens. Our memories really romanticize and create this fairy tale of really anything, Um, it's like it must be, there must be some scientific thing in our brain. and Someone's listening and probably has like, knows the neuroscience or whatever behind it, but we tend to always think of the positive when we look back, or at least I know I do. I don't really tend to focus on the memories that are bad. I tend to focus on the memories that are good or the crazy stories or the fun times or the wild nights out or the Coachellas or whatever it was about LA that made it this, this thing that I romanticize in my memories. And to be honest, the thing about LA, like when I was there, it didn't feel like – it didn't feel like I was that far removed from it. Like it almost felt like I was picked up like a Sims character and dropped into my old life. And it could very much have just – started again there. And I felt it was just so odd to go back. And I don't know if anybody else has experienced you going back to a place where you live there for a while, you work there for a while, you have a whole different group of friends and life and whatever. And then you move for a job or maybe a boyfriend, a girlfriend, or you, life takes you to a different city, a different place, a different chapter, but it's almost like you can just drop right back into the old one. And it's a very odd feeling. It's it feels very <laughs> it's just weird. It's weird. And it really made me start to think about this this period of growth because I feel like the top questions I get asked are like how do I be more confident? How do I be more vulnerable? How do I show up authentically? How do I I don't know what I'm doing with my life, Maddie. I don't know what I'm doing. And none of us do. I don't think you ever know. But I it's cool. It's a cool feeling. I I think, again, you only know what the hell is going on in hindsight. It's like this messed up equation where it's like you have to live it in order to get it. But then you're in a different chapter and you're looking back and you're like, I kind of think I know who I am, but I'm also still growing. And I think you just keep doing this until until the very end. It's just this constant experiential growth that will keep happening over and over and over unless you choose to not evolve and you choose to not level up or you choose to just settle. I think you're always trying to unearth another part of you, a different piece of you and find different things and go through different experiences in life. It's so, so, The craziest part, I think, is, you know, you graduate college and you think you know who you are and you're an adult and you move and you get your first job and you think you have money and you really don't. It's really comical to look back on because you think you have it all. You think you have it all figured out. You think you have it all together. And I think that's really the big, I think the biggest growth happens probably for, I think, 20 to 30, I mean really 20, yeah, 20 to 30 is like insane and I can only, again, I can only speak from where I'm at, 32 and I imagine 30 to 40 is crazy, 40 to 50 is crazy, 50 to 60 is crazy. I think every decade that you probably go through is just a massive excavation into a whole different side of you, a whole different, you're a whole different human being. And I think it's just funny because I, wa- I hope that the previous versions of me are cringeworthy because that just proves that there's been insane growth and you don't have to be who you were 10 years ago. You don't have to have that life or claim that you can be a whole new person with a whole new set of values, with a whole, you can change, Period. And I think it's really necessary if you want to kind of stay in the game of life to grow and to change and to find new hobbies and do new things and take new jobs. And whether you take the new job because you got fired from jobs or you endure crazy adversities or you lose people and you recover from relationships or friendships, like it's all part of it. And the craziest thing is we don't learn any of this shit in school. You don't learn any of this in school. College teaches you basically to be accountable, to show up on time, to turn in papers, to blah, blah, blah. Like you might have some amazing professors that definitely shape your career and your thoughts and where you might go in some of the trajectory, But honestly, it's like a therapist theorizing with the way you might feel when they've never been in your experience or somebody giving you advice or teaching you a class that's never actually physically dropped in to that place or had that very experience. So all of this is just experiential learning. It's like you don't know what you know until you lived it. But you have to do the living in order to know it. It's like this weird chicken before the egg, egg before the chicken complex. And I'm finding it pretty funny now, I guess looking back and thinking of who I was and what I did in Los Angeles. And I've, you know, there are definitely parts I'm not super jazzed about, but they were very necessary in order to show up as all that I am today. So in long story short, I feel like, A lot of the questions, again, going back to, like, what do I get asked often is, like, what am I doing with my life? And it's always coming from the 20-something to 25-year-old, mostly women – not knowing what they're doing with their life and the real answer to that is none of us know what we're doing with our life and even when we think we know even when we think we're certain about the job and the relationship and the house and or the apartment and the money and whatever it could change at any moment or we could then be like wait this this isn't working for me and want something else it's like these moments of like climbing the mountain, getting to the top and you think it's going to be like, Oh, I did it. I made it. It's all good. Then you look around and you see another mountain or you see another thing, or you want to skydive off the mountain. Like there's always going to be another level, another thing, another whatever. And you don't really realize that until you look back and, and you're like, wow, what, what, this is it. We keep going We keep learning, we keep growing, we keep doing like that. What? So it's very much like the becoming of who you are and who you will be is very much in the doing. You can't become something just by theorizing about it or studying about it. It's, again, you got to get out on the field, get in the arena, get your face dirty, as Brene Brown would say. Get the mud on your face or the blood on your cheek or I forget the, the quote. It's literally one of the best of all time. Um, she's amazing. I It goes without saying, Brene Brown. Um, really just, I think about what... I would say, to a younger version of myself. And it's really just, I don't have that much advice except you just got to be in it and know that what is happening to you is a direct product of the choices that you've made, whether that be good or bad. But at the same time, you can always choose again and choose a different job, choose another partner, choose a different place to live. Like you, that silly saying that's, you know, you're just one choice away from a whole different life is very much a real thing. And when we're in it, we just think we're stuck. Like, you know, you show up at a job that you hate every day with a boss that literally treats you like absolute garbage. Why? I get that. Yes, you need to maybe make a paycheck. No, I can't pay my rent or do these things without being in this job that gives me the money, but then everything you do outside of the job should be to find a new job. And sometimes when we're so deep in it, we, we think that this is just a very permanent situation when literally everything we do or choose is somewhat impermanent and you could walk out of the life that you have, that you're not enjoying and walk right into something else. Yes, it might take some planning and strategizing and and figuring it out, you know, the nuts and bolts and the detailed map of how to get the fuck out of the life that you're not enjoying, but it is very much possible. And I think sometimes we have to almost take the blinders. I always use this visualization. We sometimes get in our lives and we have the blinders on. And I think of the horses in Central Park or the horses with the carriages in Charleston or whatever. That very the the basically the carriage horses that have the blinders on their eyes so they can only see what's in front of them and you can't see what's around you because you have to just focus on what's in front of you. And I think very much it's about peeling the blinders back a little and being like, wait, there's this over here and this opportunity over here. And there's that guy over there that I see all the time at the coffee shop that I never talked to. And that, what if that could be my next like relation? What if that could be my next best friend? What if that, if I turn to the person that always rides next to me on bike six and I actually say hi and get to know them, I didn't know that they worked this job and they could leave me here and all of it. You're just one choice away from a whole nother life, a whole different outlook, a whole different leveling up, a whole different version of you. And that's just literally the most insane concept to me. So going back to leaving LA you know I ch- didn't choose to leave LA I had the opportunity to go to New York to become a soul cycle instructor and that was my be-all end-all. I knew that I had to do that that I had to close the chapter on LA in order for me to chase this unicorn dream that I just felt that I had to chase. I knew that it was for me and I had to just drop everything and mind you I scraped and like I could feel myself clawing to stay alive in LA so many times like like I remember working overnight shoots and and in the rain and the freezing cold like I just remember some crazy crazy things happening and And having to, I felt like I was like white knuckling the shit out of staying in LA. And then when the opportunity arose to leave, I knew that I could always go back. But what I was told at the time is this chapter's closed. You're going to New York and then you're going to go to a new market. You get to decide. I was lucky. I got to decide between three different markets, Houston, Philly and Boston. And by some grace of God, stroke of God, I chose Boston and I am where I am today. But I always laugh and I think, you know, it would be cool to see what it would have been like if I went to Philly or if I went to Houston. if I, Would I be married? Would I? I don't know. It's so crazy how you're just one choice away from, again, a different life. And I think that you don't Think about that a lot. you just kind of in it and you're doing the thing. And then you have moments where you travel back to some place that you used to live and you kind of look up and you're like, damn, I've done a lot of living I'm still pretty young. And you got to give yourself credit for how far you've come. And I oftentimes think we don't do that because we're told so much, don't look in the rear view mirror. Don't look back. Don't look back. You're not going that way. But I've always said, let's take that one step further. I think it's necessary sometimes to look back in the rearview mirror. And I'm not saying like live in that space, fantasize about that space, you know, have those, yes, nostalgic memories are nice, but sometimes it's just good to, you don't have to live there. You can just glance back and be like, yo, I've come so far and give yourself a little like you know, rub on the shoulders, a little pat on the back, like, damn, look at all I've done. Give yourself some well-deserved credit for how far you've come, for what you've endured, for what you've experienced and learned and picked up along the way. And everyone you've come in contact with and the relationships you've made, like everything. I don't think we give ourselves nearly enough credit as we need to, because doing this thing called life is hard. It's challenging, sorry. It's challenging. And we're continually being challenged, I think, day in and day out. I mean, it's December 11th, 2020. We've been in lockdown, most of us, or some shadow version of our life now for what? Eight months? Nine months? We got to give ourselves a little more credit on the level of life we've been living and just how far we've come. And all that we are and all that we will continue to be. I think I don't give myself nearly enough credit for how far I've come and the shit I've endured. And I know what's personal is universal. So if I'm feeling it, someone out there must feel that a really cool activity that I know I've done with different coaches of mine and friends of mine and at workshops and Lululemon and meditations and whatever, and now I talk about it in my coaching program, Wicked Fearless, and things like that is I love to, I call it heart of a champion. And it's basically a brain dump where you write down everything that you've achieved every big moment that you can really carve out and and remember from your life and put yourself literally in a state of winning. Because I think a lot of times we don't realize the level of growth and we don't realize the level of success. And we, again, don't give ourselves enough credit. And we tend to be in this space of lack thereof versus all that we are. And the best way that I know to get into that mindset of the growth, the where am I going, the okay, I I, want to make good choices, I want to find that next version of me, requires some self-reflection and really picking up on the good shit. We can all tear ourselves down. We can all think of all the bad things. We can think of the worst things. But I want you to think of the best things. Like literally even right now, can you call upon the craziest achievements of your life, those aha moments, like holding a trophy, standing on the winning blocks, getting that A in class, passing that test, having that first kiss, do like, like the best, most shiny, most great moment, the best picture of you moments, like the highlight reel, if you will, of your life and write it down. Because when you write it down, it gives you the opportunity to really look at all that you are and all that you've achieved. And it puts you in a different vibrational energy that's super positive and like if it was like a white light shining, like all that you are, and that automatically puts you in a different mindset to think of where you want to go. So you're not thinking, I'm stuck, I'm stagnant, I'm not motivated. You're thinking of, wow, I've done all this stuff, what am I gonna go out there and do now? Like, look at all that I've achieved, I'm totally capable. It just literally flips the narrative on yourself to get out there, get back in the ring, get swinging, pull up to the plate, and swing for the freaking fences. And that's how growth works. And if you find... Come across things or jobs or pictures or old podcast intros or anything that makes you cringe. It's just a sign that you've outgrown that version of yourself and it's actually awesome. That's really it. I encourage you to do the brain dump where you just go over all that you've achieved and it's basically your highlight reel of your life. Like start at the beginning. Start when with your earliest memory of achievement or something awesome you did. And it could literally be anything. You could be, I mean, it's your, it's your journey. It's your highlight reel. Pull out the things that you'd want to watch or to remember or to feel and recreate inside. And I guarantee then when you're in that energy. You can kind of look around and assess your situation so much differently in, in all that you are than just wondering, well, where am I going from here? That's definitely what I suggest for you to do as a little activity this week if you find yourself just like, what am I doing? What's going on? Or if you have like a low moment or you don't feel so motivated, it definitely puts you in a different place and sets you on just a better path, a better trajectory to walk out into your weekend, your week, or whenever you're listening to this. So I hope that tidbit helps. Stay tuned for next week. New little intro song, la, la, la. It won't sound like that. Don't worry. And yeah, you know how we end it. May you always be joyful, loving, and above all else, fearless.